Sanbonane Bagiti. Absheni. Dimacheloni. Botane Mawetu. Realocha. Ola, ola, ola. Well, we, we really are excited today, Haholo, for you young people, the principals, the teachers, the parents, the family. This is one of those programs that I really look forward to, just for us to take this service, Yarona, yeah, nine o'clock, just to show our appreciation for your hard work and to also say to you, we believe that you are our shining stars. And, and we, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us as a church to do what we are doing. This is one way, as Grace Bible Church, we demonstrate our love for our communities, our love for our country. And to say that we congratulate people, whether they are members of our church or not, achievement, achievement. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Some of you, you've traveled a very long way over Mona. Thank you for your efforts to make this program possible. And we want to thank Lima Bishop as well, who leads our social outreach programs for the hard work. Thank you, Lima Bishop, and the entire team. And we want to thank the young girl, Dele, for, for singing for us and all that. The main text of my sermon today is from James chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 4. And I want to speak under the subtopic, the molding of trying times. James chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 3, I mean verse 2 to 4 in the NIV Bible. It reads as follows. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. <laughs> that sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? You're facing trials of many kinds, but you must be joyful. Verse 3, it says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops patience. Please underline that. We're going to camp there for a while. Then verse 4, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let me read that verse for you in the Message Bible. I love this translation. It's not always best, but sometimes I think it says things in a different way. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenge come at you from all sides. I can see your amens are, uh, are careful amens because we're not sure if we should be thankful when tests come our way. He says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed not deficient in any way. The one thing we must all acknowledge as we read scripture is that God never promised us a problems-free life. 
So God never promised us a problem-free life. Neither did he say that when we believe him and when we become followers of Christ, we will not have problems. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you will have. If he had said a tribulation, that would be bad enough. He said, you'll have many tribulations. In the book of Psalms, the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. And when we read this text today, it tells us somehow that it is in these tests, in these challenges, in these problems, in these trials, that something about us develops called patience. And if we can allow this patience to run its full course, we will be complete, we will lack nothing. In other words, there are things that we'll be able to achieve in our lives because of this thing called patience and when we allow it to run its full course. I'm saying what I'm saying because we all remember how on the 23rd of March, 2020, our president Cyril Ramaphosa announced that the country would go into what would be known as lockdown level five. And that would start on midnight of Thursday, 26th of March, 2020. As a result of that announcement, we entered into a two-year, very long, painful, trying, and difficult journey. And finally, on Monday the 4th of April, 2022, which was approximately 750 days of the long journey, the president announced the, announced the end of lockdown and that the complex and detailed lockdown rules would fall away at midnight of that same day. Last year, many of us were really not sure. I call last year stop and go. Yeah. Basically, I call sure that we don't know how Corona is going to mutate. We don't know this time. Whatever, you know, we were not so sure. And the reality is that the learners that we are celebrating today have had to deal with this challenge of lockdown for the two years of their metric schooling years. COVID had impact on their schooling calendar. They've had to deal with lots of challenges. I was talking to one of the people in the education sector and I said, tell me, what did you have to deal with? And he gave me this list. And it's not a comprehensive list. He said, you know, we had to deal with challenges of online schooling when not all learners could go to school and at the same time, not all our learners could access phones. And if they had a phone, it didn't have data. Like many of us don't have data, we know that, right? Like these people who always send you, call me, call, please call me. And I ask them, Mar -mar, how about a while now? Why must I spend money to talk to you? And I ask them, how about a while now? Why must I At times, learners were asked to share their resources, like those who didn't have cell phones, to pair with those who had cell phones while at home. Teachers had to come up with means of reaching the learners and even resorting to sending lessons to the learners via WhatsApp. Our teachers themselves were affected, some passing away due to being infected with uh, uh, COVID-19. 
uh, uh, because at that time, you know, the teenagers and the children were not getting affected. It was us, the older people. You remember that lady who used to sing, and all the young people came and surrounded her, and she was a pop star, Hashem, then she contacted COVID-19. Hashem, askis Many have had to deal with the loss of family members. And while the number of people who were passing on was rising, it created an atmosphere of fear where teaching was hampered. And our learners got into fear. Some actually dropped on their schooling. Emotionally, both teachers and learners were having challenges of not coping. And when physical learning resumed, a lot of time was lost due to all the safety protocols. Schools had to be fumigated. They had to clean, sanitize, have registered. Long processes of children getting into school. The administration of this COVID-19 regulations was tedious. There was, even at that time, the uncertainty of staying at school due to the stop-and-go schooling calendar. And as a result... This COVID just threw us into a space where we were not sure what's coming. But in spite of all of that, we have these young people who've achieved what they have achieved. Oh, yeah. This class of 2022 rose to the challenge. Of course, we do acknowledge that some of our learners were affected adversely. We were saddened on hearing about the negative effects on some of them in dropping out of school in mental wellness of our learners, very concerned about the reports of the high rate of teenage pregnancies. But in all of that, life has had to go on. And so today, in the light of the scripture that I've read, I want us to reflect a bit on this journey. Not just the journey of COVID-19, but the journey of life. Because life will always throw a curveball at you. In life, you'll always go through problems and challenges. And we want to ask ourselves, what questions, what lessons can we learn? What message do we want to convey as we extract the lessons from our learners of 2022? And what message do I want to say to them? Not only as a bishop, but as a father, as a grandfather. When I look at them, what does the word of God say to us? Each one of us here. Let me give you the background of this book of James. This book of James, of course, was written by James. There are four men in the New Testament who have this name, but most Bible scholars agree that the James referred to here was probably the brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was the leader of the Jerusalem Council. You'll find all of that in Acts 15. I'm going to make lots of scriptural references. I'm not going to read them for the sake of time. We are told that at first, James did not believe in his brother Jesus because, as you know, but tobacco higher sometimes are the last to believe in your potential. It wasn't different when it came to Jesus. In fact, in John 7, 2 to 5, you find where James even challenged Jesus because he misunderstood his mission. However, later on, he became a very prominent person in the church. And one, he was one of the select individuals that Christ appeared to after his resurrection. You find that in 1 Corinthians 15. 
In Galatians 2.9, Paul calls James the pillar of the church. In fact, after Paul was converted, when he visited Jerusalem, in Galatians 1.19, he saw James. And he did the same thing before his last missionary journey. He did visit James in Acts 21.18. When Peter was rescued from prison, he actually told his friends to go and tell James that he had been taken out of prison. That is Acts chapter 12, 17. And so as I mentioned in Acts 15, he was one of the leaders in this important council at Jerusalem. The book of Jude, which is the book just before the book of Revelation, small book, one chapter. Jude, the author there, calls himself a brother of James. And we are told in Bible history that James was martyred in A.D. 62. The book of James was written before A.D. 50. And he was writing specifically and exclusively to the 12 tribes of Israel that had been scattered among the nations. The message therein is not exclusively for these Jewish believers. Because the message, therefore, thereof applies to all the believers. The context here was that the believers at the time were going through many trials. And he wrote this book because they, the Christians at that time were facing this non-stopping persecution. Every day, they were confronted with hostile powers that were arrayed against them. It's powers and hostility that challenged the culture of the day, which was far removed from God. They were faced with a system of governance that made their worship of God impossible. They had to deal with the hostility of their own family members, their own friends. And all these forces were against them, putting constant pressure on them. So much pressure that some of them walked away from their faith. And James writes and says, even when things are at the heat of it all, do not abandon your faith. He says, you need patience. You need patience that after you have stood and done the will of God, you will receive the promise. You need patience. And allow patience to have its perfect work. And when you are tested, just count it as all joy. Because the testing, even if it is meant to destroy you, if you will ride that wave and ride the storm, you will come out the other side a better person than you came in. Can I hear a good amen in the house? So these believers had all these forces that placed constant pressure on them to forfeit their faith and abandon their faith, return to their old ways. They faced such intense opposition that if they refused to denounce their faith, they were burned at the stakes for their faith. They were forced into imprisonment and crammed into jails that had inhuman conditions all because of their faith. They were thrown into arenas where hungry lions would eat them alive. And James says, in spite of that, consider it joy. Oh, James. Consider it joy when you fall into different kinds of trials. Because when your faith is tested, when you are pushed against the wall, when you are being threatened, that's when we find out what you really believe. 
And it is that context that develops something in you. And it says in verse 4, this perseverance must finish its work. Allow this patience to finish its work so that you may be mature and not lack in anything. In other words, he's saying to us, in short, hardships will not always spell the end of your life. But hardships can actually polish you like a diamond is polished. In the same way that these expensive minerals are made and and diamonds are made when they're underneath the ground, and we are told by those who know, it's when some of the particles there come under a lot of pressure over many years. And this sustained pressure of many years produces something of great worth. So count it all joy. He's writing to these believers and he's advising them that if their faith is tried, it will produce patience and they must allow patience. Everybody say patience. How many of you are sitting next to somebody who's called patience? Just look at them and say, hi, Babu Akawen. Now, that word patience is a compound word. If you don't mind, I'll spell it for you. Made up of two words, the word H-U-P-O, hupo, and the word M-E-N-O, meno, or meno. <laughs> no, no, it's Greek, I said meno. <laughs> the word hupo means under, or to be underneath something. And the word meno, or meno, <laughs> it depends who you like, okay. <laughs> It means to stay or to abide. It means to remain in one spot. I like this one. It means to keep a position. It also means to resolve to maintain some territory that has been gained. In other words, I've gained territory, I'm not moving back. I've advanced, I'm not moving back. <laughs> That word, hupomeno, speaks of the state of mind that says, this is my spot, and I'm not moving. So that word, patience, is clearly seen as used in the military, where you have a picture of soldiers who were ordered, given orders by their general to maintain their position and not move back even in the face of fierce combat. That's the attitude that God wants us to maintain in life. When problems and challenges come our way, we've got to maintain our place. We've got to move on. This word as well, it tells us that this When it comes to these soldiers, their order was to stand their ground and defend what has been gained. Their goal was to see to it that they survived every attack and they held their position until they outlived resistance, until they outlasted resistance. I'm here to tell you, you've got to be the last woman standing, the last man standing. That's the only thing that's going to take you through. Why? Because life throws out challenges to us. That scripture says, be of good cheer or be of good joy when you fall into diverse kinds of temptations. In other words, it's different kinds. There are, there are trials and tests that are spiritual. Where your spiritual life is tested left, right, and center. There are tests that are physical. 
where you are tested in your health, you are tested in your body. There are tests that are relational. Where you don't understand why Bajo Troile and why Bajo Trita like that. There are tests that are financial. Am, am I talking to people who are like me here? Hmm? There, there are tests and sometimes you don't even know because this test, they don't tell you when they come. And they don't care how many times you pray. They don't care if Umuruti, Bishop or Rongwana Sunday school, they come your way. And James says, when they come, don't retreat. Don't go back. If you've gained ground, stand your ground. If you've taken a step, stand your step. Let COVID come, stand your step and move on. In the name of Jesus, can I hear an amen in the house? One scholar calls this patience staying power. We've got to have staying power. Because there are many things in life that you can only achieve when you have staying power. Because when the battle begins raging, you don't know how long it's going to be raging. All we know is that God has guaranteed us that if you allow patience to run its full course, we will be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So this word, hupermeno, conveys the idea of being steadfast, consistent, unwavering, unflinching. Look at your neighbor and say, steadfast, consistent, unwavering, unflinching. Look at the other one. That one, did, that one didn't smile. Look at the other one. They'll smile better. Look at them and say, steadfast, consistent, unwavering, and unflinching. Some of the contemporary translators translate the word hupermeno and they call it the hanging there power. In other words, this attitude holds out, holds on, outlasts, perseveres. And God says, have that attitude. Note, people with this kind of patience become those who will do what others haven't done. In some instances, they will chart a new course for their family members. You'll be the first one with a university degree. Oh, you'll be the first doctor in your family, the first one to be in actuarial sciences, the first one. Oh yeah. You'll be the first one. You'll be a pioneer. You'll be the first one to be a pastor in your home. The first one to live right in your home. Come on now. The first one to try and do things the right way. The first one. And so you will be like a pioneer. And so as I close, let me give you a few things about these kinds of people whom I call pioneers. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking at pioneers right here in front of me. Oh, come on. They're not even saying amen. Come on, pioneers. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you here. I said I'm looking at pioneers all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's going to be one of us in our family lineage who changes the trajectory of our family. It can't be that Komahaboruna things are going south all the time. There's going to be a man and a woman ordering enough is enough. 
I'm going to let patience have his perfect work. Enough is enough. I'm going to be the one. Hey, I look at you and say, you are the one. You are the one. You are the man. You are the woman. Come on, Emma. Can I hear somebody? You are the one. My grandmother used to say, you got to come to that place and say, we've had too many issues. People have affected the school. I'm not going down that way. I'm going to try my best to do things the best way that I can. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to show the way and others will follow. How many of you say, I'm going to show the way and others will follow? Oh yeah. And know this, because you are at the apex. Because you are number one. <laughs> You're going to get the most resistance. Because anybody is going to get opposition. And I'm telling you, the reason you are going to get opposed is because all those demonic spirits and evil powers of darkness that brought down your family members are going to gang up on you. But I want to tell you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Oh yeah, you can. Oh yeah, you can. Oh yeah, you can. I see you as a soldier standing your ground and telling the devil, bring it on. I'm going to be the last woman standing. I'm going to be the last man standing. I'm going to have patience. It's going to run its course. Hallelujah. All right. Let's give you these points quickly. Number one, pioneers become pregnant with a God vision of possibility. This is why many of you have dreams about your life. The things that you want to do with your life. It's not just a fleeting thought or a passing imagination. It's something that's taken you over. Oh yeah. When I was in matric, you know, maybe just to tell you, 1979, that's many years ago. And most of you, you were not even born. If not all of you, yeah, the learners. We're not even born there. And I tell you, it just took me over. Yeah, I would preach to anything moving. <laughs> yeah, what about You've got to have that kind of vision that takes your life over. And oftentimes, this vision is conceived through being inspired by God to do something new. Because Malume wants things to go on the way they have been in the past. But they don't know that God has brought in a different one. <laughs> in the family that has been attacked by all the viruses, such computer, you've come as an antivirus. Hey, you have come as the sanitizer. Hey. The reason I want to start with God is because it's God who spawns desire. And vision inside of people's hearts. It might not be in spectacular ways. That vision sometimes comes in the form of thoughts. Or a desire. Or you see somebody doing something and it inspires you. That vision can be conceived whilst listening to a song. Or listening to a sermon. Or watching somebody's life. And that vision is inspired in your life. 
God is a God who does new things. God is not stuck to the old. God doesn't have to follow your family lineage and follow the pattern of destruction in your family. God wants to introduce, I said God wants to, God wants to introduce a new DNA in your family. In Isaiah 40, he says, behold, I will do a new thing. In 1 Corinthians 3, he says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the good things that God has in store for those who love him. Don't be surprised that God is inspiring you to break free from the status quo. Because pioneers challenge the status quo. They spot opportunity and turn it into a new order of things. Pioneers become frustrated when things are out of place and people say, there's nothing we can do. Pioneers look at it and say, there's nothing that can be done. There's something that can be done because they can feel the breath of God in their lungs. Number two, pioneers commit to the plan of God and place their total reliance on God. May I suggest to you, young people, bathe your endeavors in prayer. Bathe your endeavors in the things of God. Follow the leading of the Spirit of God on your journey. Put God at the center of everything you do. Bible tells us in the, in the, in the, in the book of Ecclesiastes, thou shalt remember thy creator in the days of your youth. You know, some of us became Christians at a young age. I was 17 years old when I received Christ. 18 years old when I was called into the ministry. 22 years old when I became a pastor. And I've lived through that period where people were saying, I went and go last. You are still too young. You know. But you see, the reason you last is not because you depend on you. Yeah. Because I can tell you, you will disappoint you. Me will disappoint me. But there's a God who says, your life is in my hands. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths to be straight. Now I can tell you, many years later, 40 something years later, I don't have a single regret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Because a life in the hands of God, it's a life that can be persevered. I pray for you, my children, that God will, God will preserve you. A life in the hands of God is a life that will be preserved. Number three, pioneers assess correctly. In other words, they understand what it takes to get to where they want to get. The problem with many people, they want great results, but they don't want to pay the price. <laughs> I wish we had time to talk to every young person here and ask them how they got these results. What did they have to do? To get the, res the results. And funny enough, they have friends from the same community who had the same circumstances, but they didn't want to pay the price. Yeah. If you, are, if you are one of those people who wants to see your life be different, you've got to understand what it takes to pay the price. Because every vision will have resistant forces. I've used this before, and I'll say it again for those of you who haven't heard it, and there's many who don't remember this one. Years ago, I heard someone talking about resistant forces, and, you know, it was something that was quite interesting to hear. So he gave a, an example. 
you know, and said if a plane was to fly off from O.R. Tambo, fly into Cape Town, let's just make it easy. I know some of the things might not be 100% correct. And Cape Town, let's assume, is a thousand kilometers away, right? So if a plane flew out of O.R. Tambo, and this plane's speed, maximum speed, was 100 kilometers per hour, we're making it easy. And the pilot took off and put it on maximum speed. How long will it take for that plane to reach Cape Town? This is not a difficult one. Maybe I get a some more now. Distance is a thousand kilometers away. Plane's maximum speed is a hundred kilometers per hour. Yeah, can I use a calculator? Can I use a calculator? How long will it take? Come on now, come on. Yeah, I think you have an answer. Ten hours. One hour. Come on. Oh, Grace Bible Church, a little bit mathematics. Come on, come on. Tell me. Ten hours. Ten hours. Ten hours. A thousand kilometers away. So it means ten multiplied by one thousand. Get it right. Ten multiplied by one hundred is one thousand. Now, theoretically, that's correct. Ideally speaking, that's correct. There's only one problem. Madam Speaker. <laughs> and the problem is that when a plane starts flying, there are other forces that come to play. These are unseen forces. They are there. But they only come into action when a plane starts moving. If, if it doesn't fly, theoretically what we have said is correct. Same way as when you set out on your journey of vision and you say, I want to get there. Theoretically, it's going to take you four years to get your degree. It's going to take you three years to finish this. It's going to take you seven years. What we have not calculated is what we call resistant forces. Let me explain to you. When a plane flies, let's, let's oversimplify it. The direction of the winds affected. When it flies, if it has what we call tailwinds, these are winds that are, that are blowing in the direction of the plane. The plane will go faster. That even if it's got a 100 kilometer maximum flying speed, the wind will make it fly faster. So if it has tailwinds, it will get there sooner. But if it has headwinds, which are resistant forces, the headwinds, even if the plane is set to move at 100 kilometers per hour, if it has headwinds that are flying against it at 10 kilometers per hour, it gets reduced to flying at 90 kilometers per hour. So when you set out on your journey, you never know. And there's many resistant forces that we have to deal with. Our home background. If you come from a home, that's a very poor home. That's a resistant force. And this is why I argue with white people, and I'm sorry if they're not racist, I'm not. No, I argue with white people all the time, particularly in our sector, who says, no, democracy came, we're all equal. What's back in? Twada. 
Because even in 2023, we are still dealing with resistant forces. Scamplella or things are the same. They're not. They've got tailwinds, we've got headwinds. So you have a, a dysfunctional home. Then next thing is the issue of lack of finances. The issue of lack of resources. And you can obalo, obalo, obalo. And sometimes it's worse when you're from a family where there's not even one person who has a symmetric. When I was a man, I was a black is fountain, half feet, like a man. I was a man who was a man. Note people who are pioneers understand that, and this is why when you read the Bible, I love it in Nehemiah chapter 2. There were two guys there who, when Nehemiah said what he wanted to do, they immediately stood up and they resisted it. Sanballat and Tobiah, they said, you can't do it. Yeah. There are people, when you are trying to better your life, they are the Sanballats and Tobias. Oh, better still, but those hands are better. No, we can say better. You are trying to move beyond a certain level. Can I have a good amen in the house? How we can say better? No, how we can say better? How we can say how we can see the house at Subinia Ope? How we can see the house at Nubujuala? How we can see the is because you have a vision. And vision controls your life. Vision controls what you do with your time. Vision controls what you give your body to. Vision controls who you become friends with. Vision controls what goes into your mind. Oh, I'm looking at visionaries in the house, pioneers. Testing our faith. Produces patience. Oh my goodness. Number four, pioneers, they take God-inspired risks. At some point, you have to take a step in the direction of where you are trying to go. You are moving now into tertiary education, young people. It's a field, as Tutu was saying went in her introduction, it's a new and a different world. That has got many issues there. <laughs> and you have to decide that you walk the path of discipline and don't allow yourself to be trapped by other things. I want to close. Finally, pioneers take the road less traveled. Sometimes the road less traveled simply means you may have to lose friends because you don't want to do what they do because you have a vision before you. How about Samabona partying all night when now you are reading? Oh yeah. When they pollute their bodies with all kinds of things, you decide I'm not going to do that. It will pay off. The text says, the trying of your faith produces patience. My prayer is that God will grant you that attitude of being patient. That bit by bit, you will inch forward to your dream. That no matter what comes your way, you'll be resolute and steadfast. Yes, of course, as a young person, there's this and that that happens. Sometimes we slip and we fall, but we don't stay down. 
and we don't abandon our dream at all. And because you've put God at the center of it all, allow God to help you in your journey. Be that person who will travel the road less traveled, the road of discipline, the road of focus, the road of wisdom, the road of integrity, and you will deal decisively with resistant forces that try to hinder you. And don't mind if people say all kinds of nasty things. Never allow yourself to be drawn into bitterness and resentment. Let people talk when I continue to fulfill what God has placed in your heart. Because at the end of it all, God's vision will speak and not lie. May the grace of God rest upon every one of you young people. May the favor of God rest upon you all. Whatever your path, whatever you decide, I pray for you that God will be gracious to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we bow our heads together as we pray, even in the other 53 venues all over our country? Would you bow your heads, please, where you are? I want us to pray right now. This journey that we are talking about of a pioneer, this molding that happens in tough seasons, it works out to be a good story when our life is centered on God. You see, Jesus Christ is able to walk with us. Jesus is able to embrace us. I'm going to ask the ushers not to close the doors, please. It's kind of very hard, if you don't mind. I want to ask you with your heads bowed, your eyes closed. What is your relationship with God? Is Jesus the center of your life? Have you received him and invited him to be the savior and Lord of your life? You have an opportunity today to say, you know what? I want to invite Christ in my life. I want him to change me, make me a child of God. Fill me with strength, ability to walk the path before me. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. If you say, you know what, I need that prayer. My life is not pleasing before God. This is not a, a call for you to join our church in any way. No. This is an invitation for you to connect with God in a meaningful, personal way where Christ can be the Savior of your life, no matter what church you go to. So if you say, please pray for me. Bishop, my life is not right before God. I need God's help. Would you raise your hand right where you are, please, as a sign that you need prayer. Thank you for those bold hands. Just raise it high, raise it high. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Yes, I want Jesus Christ in my life. Thank you for all those hands. May I ask the people who raise their hands, 
Would you kindly please just stand on your feet right where you are, please, if you don't mind. Just stand on your feet. All over the place. Just stand on your feet. You can put your hands down. Just stand on your feet all over the place. Give them a hand as they stand all over. Stand on your feet. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Stand on your feet. Uh, we, we, we are not ashamed of this in the church here. We, we're not ashamed at all. It's what we do all the time. All right. Now, one more thing. It's going to need courage. Uh, it's going to need courage. I'm, I want to pray with you. I'm going to ask you, please, if you can come from where you are. Don't leave your belongings behind, all right? Just take them in your hands and just walk all the way to the front. Come stand here so that I can pray with you. Come on. Give them a hand, please.